Amen. Well, I'm going to welcome Chris, who's going to bring the Word of God to us. If you've got your Bibles, you can start reaching for that. Chris, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Chris is our youth, uh, our worship pastor here. And um, I tell you, because we catch up every now and again through the term, just to talk about all things worship. And he loves to serve in this way. And I'm always so impressed by how the team dig into and, and look to really understand, where, get under the surface of what we're doing. So he's got a heart for worship. He keeps steering the team and drawing us in. So I, I would love us now to give a warm welcome to Chris Bryant, who's going to be preaching. Okay, well, it's lovely to be with you. Thanks so much, Dan, for letting me speak today. Um, yeah, it's great to just uh, be together. I just want to say I love this church, and um, it is an amazing, yeah, absolutely. Give a shout. Yeah, it's a great church, and actually what I'm going to be talking today in terms of worship, um, in no way am I saying this is not a church that doesn't worship in any way, shape, or form. I think one of the things that Kate and I first noticed when we joined this church 10 years ago, was actually what a heart for worship this church has. And I believe God wants to commend us and to keep pushing into worship. And um, he wants to take us further. He wants to take us further on a journey. We haven't quite got there. In fact, the Bible says we're never going to get it quite right in this place, after on earth. But there is a place in heaven where there is perfect worship taking place. And that's uh, for, for those of us that are Christians here this morning. And those that are not... Um, that's where God is, is ultimately taking us. So, yeah, so for, for those that don't know me, I'm Chris. I'm married to Kate uh, down here at the front. Uh, we've got two lovely children, Chloe and Ethan, and uh, we love being part of this church. So thank you so much for being such a great bunch of guys. We love being part of you and joining with you in the king, advancing the kingdom of God in this place. So um, my journey of worship really started when I was about 14. I went to something called the Downs Bible Week. I don't know if anyone remembers that. <laughs> you probably have to be a certain age to remember that. But um, I was uh, 14. I remember just being in a meeting uh, in a big top um, and just being so aware of the presence and the holiness of God. Um, I was a Christian. I'd committed my life a couple of years before that to God, but... It was the presence of God that really struck me. And, I, and, and really, from that moment onwards, I've, I've, I've been changed. I've desired for the presence of God. And um, I remember people falling on their knees just in worship. Um, the encounter, I can't really put into words precisely what was going on. All I can say, it was that the Lord met with me in such a profound way. I knew that my life was actually to be about worship. I knew that my calling, my destiny was to love him and to love others. And, and really that's what I've been exploring ever since. So it is a joy to be speaking to you today about worship. Um, so that for, for those of you that have maybe not been here for the last week or so, we've, this is our second week uh, on, on, it's called Worship God. That's the series we're talking about. Last week Dan talked so helpfully about what worship is. Um, and next week we're going to be looking what worship is in terms of being a life of worship. Um, but this morning I'm going to be just concentrating on what does worship look like in the church? A church that worships. So that's what I'm going to be looking at today. So, um, And really from this morning I'm going to be aiming to draw out three characteristics that I, as, I've, as I've really sort of looked at the scriptures, as I've observed worship over the years... 
I've really kind of feel that there's three things God wants to draw to our attention this morning. This is not the only things which worship is in the church, but these are three things I believe God wants us to really just begin to understand that little bit more uh, as we come to worship him. The first one is, I believe, I believe it's a people who express their love together. Secondly, it's about a people who encounter his presence together. And thirdly, it's about a people who regularly gather together. So let's, uh, let's start by just looking at a people who express their love together. Well, hasn't it been amazing already? Just those first two songs. What wonderful songs. I love that song. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Our worship is, is, to, be, is to be joyful. It's to be, it's to be declaring our love to God. Worship actually is about what we're made for. In fact, if we go really right back to the, the heart of worship, it could all be traced back right to Deuteronomy chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5 when, when Moses was given this commandment. It's the very first commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. See, God has invited us into an incredible relationship of mutual love where he seeks intimacy and closeness with us. So often we think that God is only interested in what we do. And we fail to understand that actually he just wants us to come and love him. That's what he wants. He wants us to come and love him. Before we do anything else in life, he wants us to come and meet with him and bring our love and devotion to him. If I was so busy all the time doing, I guess, perfectly good and legitimate things, um, and yet actually I never spent any quality time with Kate, I know she'd get a bit cheesed off. She'd feel a bit unloved. And, um, and I try to spend time with her <laughs> as much as I can in the busyness of life. And I guess we're all busy, aren't we? We are so busy. Life is just so busy. I don't know if you, you know, realise that. Um, I'm not the only one, am I? Do you find life busy? <laughs> um, and there are so many amazing things to do. There are so many great things to do. There are so many legitimate things. There's the poor to see to. There's, there's the family to look after. There's, the, there's our husbands and wives to care for. There's all these perfectly good things to do. And yet, actually, if we don't come to our Father in Heaven and just come and spend time with Him, something's quite wrong. He wants us to just be involved in this relationship of love. He wants us to come and devote ourselves to him. And actually God does give us specific times. He helps us with this. You see, he gives us times like Sundays when we can gather together and just come and love him. And we can put aside all those other things. Now you're saying, Chris, but how do I put aside all those other things? I've got so many things going on in my life. You have got no idea. I mean, even this morning, like as I'm trying to get out to church, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm praying to God in the, this morning. Be with me, Lord. Um, you know, I go out to the car. The car doesn't start. I mean, what's that all about? <laughs> you know? um, and then, and then, I, then I start driving. So I'm already a little bit late by this stage because I've, I haven't got the car working. And then, and then I get to the, my normal route to church, which normally takes about. I don't know, five minutes, the road is closed. And I have to do a massive diversion. Oh, dear. 
But you know what? Um, God is still worthy of our praise. He knows. And he knows that we've got busy lives. He knows things don't always go to plan. But actually, it's how we respond, isn't it, often? Really, is, 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 that's the important thing. How do we respond? We keep loving him. We keep worshipping him. We keep thanking him because he is good. So in many places in the Bible, we do find God's people coming together for specific acts of devotion. And we're going to be looking at a few of them later. But um, let's look at Psalm 95, which I think might be on your screens, to see what expressing our love to God looks like. Let's read this together. Psalm 95 says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. You see, singing has always played a significant, uh, a significant place in worship. Um, in fact, the Bible commands us to sing. Um, and um, the first example we can find to singing in the Bible is in Exodus 15, after Israel have been freed from slavery and escaped through the Red Sea. God's deliverance and salvation caused them to rise up in worship. And uh, if that's not a reason for us to rise up in worship, if God's deliverance and salvation, then I don't know what is. We need to understand the deliverance that God has given to us through Jesus on the cross. And, you know, as we start to contemplate Jesus and all that he's accomplished, we, our faith starts to rise, our worship starts to be expressed, and it's a joy. And in the book of Psalms, the longest book in the Bible, is a collection of Israel's songs, many of them written by King David. Why? Why do we sing? We sing to glorify him. We sing to lift up his name. We sing to exalt him. We tell him how wonderful he is, how great he is. We thank him for all, all his goodness. You know, when we start to thank and praise someone else, it takes the attention off us. And when we're, when we're actually thanking God, who is worthy of it all, you know, our problems do seem to disappear. They really do. Because I get a good perspective. I get a right perspective of what's going on in life. God is always worthy to be praised and worthy to be glorified. And that's what we do on Sundays. That's what we do. Uh, we, we come to love him. We come to give him all the adoration and we do that through singing and it's a joy who loves singing it's great isn't it it's great because it releases something inside it's an expression it's an expression of something that's going on within us inside of us in our hearts it's something that you know how do we know someone loves us it's because they tell us isn't that right do you feel love when someone tells you you're loved i do and it's not just what they tell me, it's what they do. It's the way they express it. And when we express our love to Jesus, particularly in singing, God so delights in us. He so loves it. I can't tell you how much he loves 
us singing our songs of love to him. In fact, you know what? The Bible says in Zephaniah 3, it says that, G, that the God sings his love over us. How amazing is that? That God sings his love over us. And we get the chance to sing our love back to him. So friends, my, my first point really is let's give God all we've got when we come to sing to him. Let's just use this time, this precious time that he's given us on a Sunday. Or indeed at any, any other time actually when we gather. Not just about Sundays, when we come together in our house groups, when we come together at prayer meetings, whatever it is, when we gather, let's come and just bring us our songs of love to Jesus. He loves to hear from us. And when we sing, there is going to be an element of celebration. And you know what? A thing I've noticed in, uh, in recent, recent years, excuse me, is that, um, is that this, it's sometimes quite hard to find songs which actually really kind of are really jubilant and really going for it. I mean, I remember when I was a bit, bit younger, we used to sing all these songs where there was dancing and um, celebration. And, and you know what? I think there's meant to be that. And we're going to try, we're going to try as worship leaders to try and find a few more songs which actually are jubilant and celebratory and, and we, we can really celebrate Jesus um, I love that song this morning. We just started to sing and started to learn. Let everything that has breath. Let's um, let's get behind that song. I think it's going to be really good. Um, but yeah, the Bible does seem to suggest that worship is a is a joyful occasion. We come to God with with singing, but we can come to God. Um, it says, verse one says, "Let's shout aloud to the Rock of our salvation." And um, and so worship is more than just singing. It's about shouting. Do you feel like shouting out sometimes? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and do you know what? We've got permission. The Bible tells us we can do that. Isn't that good? There are some times when actually I'm just so full of, oh, God, you're so amazing. You! Yeah? yeah? <laughs> oh, you know, let's do that. Okay, it's not, we're not putting on a performance here. We're really not putting on a performance. I mean, who naturally would do that? You know, kind of like, we're all so cool, aren't we? But now you know what? <laughs> Do you know, it's okay to do this thing with God's people. There's something meant to be a bit different about us. You know, people will catch it. People will think, why are these guys going so crazy? <laughs> why are they doing it? So when we come to God, we come with thanksgiving. Psalm 95 says, let's come with thanksgiving. We're reminding ourselves of who he is, and we're taking our minds off ourselves, aren't we? We're praising him with music and song. And in verse 6, we see that, Worship is, it is a physical activity. We come to kneel down before our God, who's our creator. And I love it when, you know, actually, when those times, when we just actually come to kneel before God. Um, he wants us sometimes just to declare our dependency and on him and to just reverence at his throne. It's fine to, to kneel down. If you feel led to kneel down, just go for it. Seriously, no one's going to be watching. No one's going to be watching, but God is. He loves it. He really loves it. And we read in the Bible that uh, worship involves clapping. I clapped this morning. Dancing. I didn't dance, I'll be honest. I didn't dance. Um, lifting holy hands. Uh, lying face down. Laying face down. Singing new songs. And being silent. 
all these things are expressions of our love for Jesus. All of these things are expressions of our love for God. Okay. But it is easy, I, I do grant you, it's easy to worship when life is going well. And, you know, maybe our health is good, we haven't got a care in the world. Um, maybe our career is going well. Um, we've got the family that we've always wanted. You know, it's easy, isn't it, in one sense, to, to come and worship God in those moments when life is good. But the reality is life is not always good. It doesn't feel good anyway, does it? It doesn't always feel good. Um, but, you know, one thing the Bible does teach us is that actually worship is not dependent on the way we feel. Worship is dependent on who God is. It's about his faithfulness. It's about him who we can trust. It's about him and his worthiness. It's about him who is above all things, who knows all things, who's created all things. And in him, all things hold together. You see, praise is the antidote to moaning. Have you noticed that? Praise. If, if, I, could, oh, if I get grumpy, I'm not good to be around. <laughs> but actually, when I start to praise God, actually, I start to be thankful. I start to remember the blessings that God has given to me. And it gives birth to gratitude. You see, there will always be good days and there will be bad days. But actually, how we respond in worship really shouldn't change because God is unchanging. He's always faithful. He's always loving. He's always caring for you. Okay, so just going to talk a little bit about sacrifice. Okay, sacrifice. Something we don't talk about that often. Um, but actually, in the Old Testament, you'll notice that... Um, Sacrifice is a big thing. It's a big thing in the Old Testament. And really the whole reason for it was that God's people kept on turning away from God. They kept on turning away and worshipping idols. Um, so offering, offering sacrifices, therefore, was at the heart of Israel's worship. And during every temple meeting, um, sacrifices were made. Animal sacrifices, grain sacrifices, all of them went up in smoke on the altar of the Lord. Um, it was about, really, what it, what it was about, I guess, if we want to summarise it very briefly, it was actually really God's people coming to, to God and offering sacrifices of creation, things, you know, that they would be living for, to, to grow their food, the best of their food, they'd be looking to feed their people, they'd be raising goats and sheep and they would be bringing the best of their creation to the altar to lay it down before God because they were effectively saying, God, you are more important. You are more important than all of these things that, 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 that we've got, that we've grown, that we've raised. These are more important than anything else. You are the, 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 the yeah, these, these, are the, these are the things that are important to us, but actually you are more important than all of these things. And um, it was really about them showing that actually that they did want to love the Lord their God with all their heart and with all their soul and with all their strength. That's what it was really about. Um, and, and really idolatry can be something that we all have to grip with, actually, if we're honest with ourselves. 
It is so easy, isn't it, to fall into idolatry? You know, whether it be us just looking for the next bit of technology, the latest iPhone, whatever it might be. Maybe it's, you know, holidays. We're just living for our next holiday. Maybe it's fame. Maybe it's fame we're after. Maybe it's we want to have hundreds of followers on Twitter. I don't know what it might be, but it's, it's, it's actually we're putting, our, we're putting something else before God. It's actually not really giving God the full attention, the full glory. And, um, and so it's so easy just to get caught in that trap of having God on the side. Do you know what I mean? It's about actually making sure that actually above all else, God is our number one. It's him that we live for. It's not about these other things. They're lovely. They are blessings from God. I'm not, I'm not saying don't have good phones and stuff like that and have holidays. Great. If God has blessed you with those, enjoy them. But if they become more important than God himself, let's just check our hearts. Let's just check our hearts. You see, the problem with idolatry is that it actually breaks relationship with God. You see, before long, actually, if, if actually it is about the next holiday, you know, we'll suddenly find actually we can't be at church because we're on holiday. Uh, and, you know, oh, I haven't been to church for a few weeks because I've actually got to go and see the family next week. And, and a week after, I've got a work trip and... Can you see how easily it can suddenly get, oh, actually, God, you know, I'm not actually putting in the diary my appointment with God. And actually, it's so important to gather regularly with God's people to come and just tell him how wonderful he is. You see, ultimately, the problem with Israel's worship was not the sacrifices. They were great. They were perfect sacrifices, as perfect as they could be. But it wasn't really the sacrifices that was the problem. The problem was with their hearts they did keep turning away from God. But the good news is, as you know, is that God actually changed that whole situation around. He gave us Jesus. He gave us Jesus, his only son, to be the perfect sacrifice for us. And um, he was actually the only person in history, have you thought about this? Jesus was the only person in history that did fully love God with all his heart, his soul, and his strength. No one else. No one else has ever done that perfectly. And yet when we're in him, we can love him with all our heart, with all our strength, and with all his soul. You see, on the basis of Christ's once and for all sacrifice, God accepts our worships, and he delights in it. His death and resurrection has brought us our salvation. And now Jesus is the object of our worship. He's the reason for our worship. And we come to celebrate Jesus. And that's why when we gather as God's people, we come and our focus, rightly so, is on Jesus, the lamb who was slain, the one who has taken away the sin of the world, the one who invites us, invites you and me into his presence because of the blood that was shed on the cross. And it's such a wonderful thing to be invited into. Let's give him our worship. Okay, I'm going to do something slightly weird now. <laughs> I'm just going to invite you all to stand with me. I just would love to just, at this very moment, just come simply, a bit like that song says, come simply to the heart of worship. I just want to spend two minutes just standing, each one of us just bringing our love to Jesus in the simplicity of in this place, 
just in your own words, we have songs, we have wonderful songs to sing later. Wonderful songs that people have put together, words put together to express our love. But I believe God just at this moment wants just to invite us into a couple of minutes, just to into our own words, just to thank him, to love him. You might not have done that all week, doesn't matter. Now's your opportunity. Let's just do that. Let's just lift our voices to Jesus. Let's give him our love. Let's just say how wonderful he is. Let's thank him for our salvation. Let's thank him for these wonderful people that are on Alpha right now. Let's just give him the praise and the glory that's due to his name. Jesus, we're here to love you. Jesus, we're here to adore you. Jesus, we're here for you. Jesus, we thank you for your presence amongst us. Thank you, Jesus, that you're so worthy. You are the only one that was able to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Thank you, Jesus, that you, Lord, have shown us how to love you. Thank you, Jesus, that you showed us how to love God. Jesus, we thank you that we can come in your presence right now. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, do sit down. <clears throat> okay, my second point is that um, God is looking for a people who encounter his presence together. <clears throat> Throughout the scriptures, there is an inseparable link between worship and the presence of God. Psalm 23, verse 3 says this, The Lord inhabits the praises of his people. In fact, Jesus said to his disciples that where two and three are gathered together, he would be present. That's in Matthew 18, verse 20. So we're going to look at um, a reading from 2 Chronicles 7, verse 1 to 7. I just want to read this, this wonderful, amazing picture of the temple. Solomon dedicated the temple to the Lord. So we'll read from verse 1. Uh, it says this, so... When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. When all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground, and they worshipped, and they gave thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good. His love endures forever. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. And King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 head of cattle and 120,000 sheep and goats. Wow, what an amazing picture. So the king and all the people dedicated the temple of God. The priests took their positions, as did the Levites, with the Lord's musical instruments which King David had made for praising the Lord and which were used when he gave thanks, saying, His love endures forever. 
Opposite the Levites, the priests blew their trumpets and the Israelites were standing. Wow, what an amazing picture in the Old Testament there of God basically coming in just such a tangible way. It was because because Israel were worshipping God. And I think just that amazing picture of God coming in his presence. And he, he promises to come. He does promise to come. This is his very nature. He loves to come and make his manifest presence amongst us. Yes, we maybe don't see smoke and fire coming down from heaven every day. But God loves to come and manifest his presence with us. And that's, what we, that's one of the things that happens when we do worship. You see, the people couldn't stand in the presence, but they had to kneel with their faces to the ground as they worshipped, saying, he is good and his love endures forever. See, God is not something to be feared. God is to be worshipped and, and, and for us to say, you are good, your love endures forever. It's because he loves us, he wants to bring his presence. He wants to bring us into his presence. And then actually, if we then then turn to the New Testament, to Acts chapter 16, this is the story of Paul and Silas um, in the deepest dungeons in in Philippi. They'd been been stripped severely. They'd been um, beaten um, for the gospel. And yet they were in in this terrible prison cell, uh, worshipping God. And, And it says this, it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken and at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains became loose. I mean, that's an amazing story, isn't it? Incredible. So these two guys, I mean, I would not be thinking, well, this is what God's challenging us to, isn't it? Would you be thinking about praising God? When you've been severely beaten and flogged and left in a prison cell? Wow. The thing is that actually, if we're honest, when we're in that kind of situation, you know, when there's no hope, that's the time when we do sing out and cry out to God, isn't it? That is the time when we should, exactly the time when we should be singing our praises to God. You know what? In the darkest times in my life, and there have been a few. Coming back to Jesus, singing my songs of love to him, though there's pain in the offering, still I will sing, blessed be the name of the Lord. And um, it's amazing how God's presence comes. There's nothing like the presence of God. And if you don't feel that you've really experienced that this morning, if you've never really experienced that this morning, God wants to come. He really does want to come. And bring his presence to you. And, and actually, I think even as we worship in song of just a little bit later, I believe if you just ask God to come and meet with you, his presence will just come and flood you. I believe in faith that for that this morning. You will know God in a new way as his presence comes upon you. John Wimber was uh, once asked, what is your technique for healing? And he replied, there is no technique. It's about the presence of God. In the presence of God, things get changed. People get healed. People get set free. 
And I, was in, and I understand yesterday, yesterday was a fantastic day of, of, of just being released and enjoying the love of God and people being set free. People just encountering his presence. So important. Let's just come and gather and enjoy his presence. Let's expect him to come as we worship him. You may not know that there's a, an amazing story but behind the healing, story, sorry, story of healing behind the song that we sing, Raise a Hallelujah. And I'm going to just um, read it to you because it is quite incredible, really. Um, the testimony of the song, Raise a Hallelujah, is extraordinary. Jordan and uh, Melissa Helser of Bethel Music wrote it as a powerful declaration over the life of their son's friend, Jackson. <clears throat> Jackson's kidney got infected by E. coli virus. And he was to have a blood transfusion and go on dialysis. And because of this, Jackson's parents reached out to their community for prayer and for support. A few days before Christmas, Jonathan received a text from their friends Joel and Janie Taylor that their son Jackson was in a critical condition and they didn't think that he would make it through the night. As soon as I got that text, I felt like this giant of unbelief stood in front of me, Jonathan Esler said. I thought Jackson's going to die tonight and we're not going to see the miracle. But something incredible happened to the Teslas whilst they were praying for a miracle. A song suddenly came out of their mouths and they started to sing a powerful declaration against the giant that Jordan was facing. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me. You see, they made worship a powerful weapon against the forces of the enemy. Their hymn of praise became louder than their unbelief. A lot of friends visited Jackson and his sister, Adi, who also was diagnosed with the same infection, and they kept on declaring the song over them. After medical treatment and countless prayers, the Taylors received a miracle from God. Jackson and Adi were able to go home and their bodies in full health. Isn't that amazing? God's timing often doesn't make sense until you look back to see that the mountains were climbed and canyons were crossed on no strength of your own. In the battle for Jackson's life, the global church community rose up like a mighty army and joined us in prayer and worship all over the world. Our son was miraculously healed and today is perfectly healthy, Joel said, recalling his experience. Isn't that wonderful? When the people of God come and pray, when the people of God come and worship, miracles happen. And maybe today you're looking for a miracle. Maybe you're looking for that miracle. Let's come and expect God to bring that miracle. Let's come and expect God to make his presence known amongst us as we worship him. And then for King David, being in the presence of God was what he longed for. Psalm 27, verses 4 to 5. One thing I seek from the Lord, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling, he will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high on a rock. Do 
Do we cry out for God's presence like David? Do we find strength in God's presence? Well, let's make today the day that we do. Let's come to him and expect his presence. Okay, so I'm going to start coming into land here. So if the band want to, um, to come up, we're going to shortly come back to, to worship. <clears throat> but my last point really is this. We're a people who should regularly gather together. The Old Testament, it was a requirement from God to gather regularly at the tabernacle or at the temple. Here the people would offer their sacrifices to God. One of the main reasons was so that the people of God wouldn't fall back into idolatry. The book of Leviticus was an instruction manual for how they should worship, how they should meet, what they should wear, how much incense should be used and what sacrifices should be made. But by the time we get to the New Testament, we don't have prescribed instructions for how we should worship. However, we do get an insight from the early church in Acts chapter 2 as to what our gathering should look like. So Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, which should come up on the screen, I think, for you. It's titled, The Fellowship of the Believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and everyone had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. A familiar scripture, I know, but actually so crucial for us to understand uh, that really it was about being together. Being together loving God together, experiencing his presence together, and just in partaking, really, encouraging one another in God. And, you know, we can see from these these words here in Acts chapter 2 that there was a number of things that they did regularly. They heard the word of God together. They had fellowship with one another. They broke bread together. They prayed together. They exercised spiritual gifts together. They shared with one another their possessions. They worshipped together and they ate together. I like that one. That's a good one. So really, what does that mean for us today then? Firstly, we do need to meet together and um, to celebrate Jesus. Let's do all that we can to be here on Sundays in our house groups, our midweek meetings, our prayer meetings. Let's come to just love Jesus. Let's come to renew our love for him. It does stop us getting into idolatry, as I've already said. It really does. So let's, let's come and do that. Secondly, we need to incorporate these acts of devotion when we meet together. Not only are they acts of devotion for Jesus, but they are also such an encouragement for the body of Christ around us. And the thing that I love at the end of this In verse 47, you'll notice it says, And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. That is such a promise from God, isn't it? When we do these things, when we love God, when we come and experience his presence, when we meet regularly, when when people see our devotion for the Lord, they want to come and be part of it. They really will. 
because they'll say, they'll say, what have they got? What have those Christians got? They've got something that I haven't got, and they'll want it. And that's what I believe, and that's what the Scripture says. He's going to bring people to us. He's going to draw people in. He's going to add daily those that are being saved. Do we believe that? Yeah. So in conclusion, let's, let's be this. The people who express our love to God, let's love God with all our heart, all our soul, and with all our strength and our worship. Let's enjoy this relationship of mutual love where he invites us into intimacy and closeness with us. Let's be the people full of joy as we come into his presence with joyful singing. Let's be a people who encounter his presence together. Let's be like King David who, who just wanted the presence of God, who longed for the presence of God above anything else. Let's expect God's presence to come as we worship. He loves to come and he promises to come. And let's be a people who regularly gather. Let's meet together regularly and devote ourselves to one another. Let's celebrate Jesus and all that he's accomplished. And let's encourage one another in that. Amen? Amen. We're going to worship. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Chris. Hey, my name's Dan Baptist and I'm lead pastor here at Jubilee Community Church. We really hope that something from this morning's word has blessed you and reached you. And if you'd like to talk about anything you've heard or just be able to talk about maybe faith or get some prayer, then please get in contact. You can email us, give us a call at the centre and one of the team's going to get back to you. We'd love to do this, especially if you're just thinking about what it is to become a Christian. You want to sit down and really talk that through with anyone. We also run regularly on a Sunday some joining the church courses. And if you want to know more about Jubilee Community Church and what it is to belong here, then you can just uh, find out online when the next one of those is going on and you can attend, have a meal, sit down, talk about it. We also have some amazing midweek group life uh, where it's a great opportunity to dig further into your faith. Again, you can find out that on our website too. Anyway, just wanted to say hi and uh, bless you and we'll catch up soon.